0: Welcome listeners and happy Rosh Hashanah. Good to be back with you. This week has been another chaotic week in the UK with Brexit as well as in Israel, with another round of elections ending, it would seem, in a similar place to where it started. Boris and Bibi have their hands full. As we approach a new year on the Jewish civil calendar, which is actually the start of the seventh month according to the biblical calendar, it might feel like things are continuing with little change. But when we step back a little and look at a longer period of time it's amazing to see how actually events are really moving forward in line with the prophetic timeline our family has just spent two and a half weeks on a return trip to israel and i can tell you this is certainly the case there there were some notable changes compared with what we remembered from 10 years ago we visited over 30 places mostly museums and biblical sites Based out of Jerusalem and Haifa, extending out to Bethel, Shiloh, Caesarea, Mount Carmel, Nazareth, Galilee, Tel Dan, Mount Hermon, and south to Hebron, the Dead Sea, and Gedi, Masada, and so on, taking any opportunity we had to have a paddle or swim. We visited popular sites as well as sites in the middle of nowhere. There were a few times when we could have benefited from a 4x4. If you're only informed by mainstream media and have not visited yourself, you're probably asking if we were wise to take our children to such a seemingly violent place. Well, the answer is yes, it was perfectly safe. Believe it or not, you're more likely to be murdered in Canada than in Israel, according to the statistics. The murder rate in Israel in 2018, which includes politically motivated murders, was 1.14 people per 100,000 inhabitants. In Canada, it was 1.76 the same year, according to Statistics Canada. So if you're willing to go to Canada, including Ontario, France, the UK, or US, you should be okay to go to Israel, where based on statistics from recent years, you will be safer. That said, last I checked, nobody was firing rockets at Toronto and it's normal to see soldiers on the street in Israel. But nonetheless, let's see it for what it is. When we were there, we noticed that there was an obvious difference in the security presence versus our prior visit 10 years ago, with less security checks, and often security gates left open with no security presence at all. This is consistent with the statistics. Since 2001, the trend in the number of people killed or injured from terror attacks has been steadily downwards. And I'll put a chart in the online version where you can see that if you like. Ezekiel 38 verse 11 describes Israel in the last days as the land of unwalled villages without walls and having neither bars nor gates. So we're looking for the walls, bars and gates to come down. No question about that. Although this is far from the current reality, when we step back and look at the big picture, it's really exciting to see that this is the way the situation is trending. We will need to wait and see how the angels ultimately bring this about. Sometimes you kind of wonder how that could be possible, but that's what we're looking for. The other thing that we noticed was a lot of new infrastructure and construction taking place, just about everywhere. So we rode the new high-speed train from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, as well as the light rail in Jerusalem. And this did not exist 10 years ago. Again, if you look at the data, it confirms this is what has been happening. And at the same time, GDP from construction has increased, personal debt has actually decreased. Of course, a general trend which brings industry and prosperity is what we expect to see leading up to the invasion described in Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel describes the people following their regathering out of the nations as having gotten cattle and goods, such that their silver and gold is thought to be the target of their future invader Gog. We see that in chapter 38, verses 12 and 13. And you see cattle farms as well, so it's being fulfilled right to the letter, it would seem. It should be noted that the future invasion of Israel described by the prophets will not be like previous catastrophes, as the nation shall be saved out of it, Jeremiah says in chapter 30, verse 7 to 9. Israel's economy buoyed more recently by natural gas fines in the Mediterranean has performed well for several years, and you can go and see the evidence for yourself as we did. One of the big highlights for us was the day that we spent with Mir Eisman, our Israeli tour guide, and uh, we would certainly recommend him. We visited Hebron and saw the archaeological remains from the First and Second Temple period and even from the time of Abraham, the first of the recipients of the promises made unto the fathers, Romans 15, verse 8. Our visit with David Wilder, the retired Spokesman for Hevron there was a good reminder that in places like this, change is measured differently. Progress is step by step. And sometimes, as we did, you need to step back and uh, look at the change over a 10-year period or something like that to really notice that things are continuing to change and to develop. On the way to Hevron, we stopped in to check up on Jeremy Gimpel rabbi land of israel network host a musician and jeremy is developing a spiritual retreat center on the mountains of judea in an area the bible calls the mountains of zeph really in the middle of nowhere and as we experienced he barely has any phone reception his ambitious plan involves bringing both jews and non-jews to judea and samaria to learn about biblical prayer Jeremy talked to us about how this mountainous area relates to his project and put it in the context of the Jewish calendar at the end of the year, a time of returning to God.
1: And so as David was a young boy developing his relationship with God, developing his relationship with his sheep, which then would become the sheep of Israel, um, it happened all in in these mountains. So although this place that we're building here um, is dedicated towards prayer and meditation and music, encoded in the fabric of these mountains before we ever got here. It was already destined to be that. Tshuva means to repent. It means to return to God. We're entering into the month of Elul now, which is right before the new year. And this is a month of repentance. It's a month of returning. Um, Repentance is not the right word. It's a month of returning. Returning to God, returning to ourselves. Because really when you return to who you are really, then you're really on the path of returning to God. But the first time that word is mentioned in the Torah is in the book of Deuteronomy. And it says, V'shavta ad Hashem Elohecha, and you shall return to the Lord your God. And in that context, it's beautiful, because it's also talking about our return to the land and our return to God, like abandoning all of our bad that we've been punished for in the exile, returning back to Israel. And as we return to the land, we return to God.
0: It's not a great recording, but you will have sensed Jeremy's enthusiasm. It was exciting listening to him. He went on to explain that he doesn't want to mumble through the prayers of his Russian grandfather but he wants to sing the way the prophet sang. So he is trying to follow in David's footsteps there on the mountains, trying to put these words of King David to music in order to make prayer more meaningful for himself and others. This is just one example of what's happening in many places on the mountain tops in Judea and Samaria. A clear sign that we are very near the coming of Messiah. Speaking about Israel's restoration, God says to Ezekiel, I will bring them out from the people, and gather them from the countries, and will bring them to their own land, and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers, and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in a good pasture, and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall they lie in a good fold, and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God ezekiel 34 verses 13 to 15. today this process is well underway and the people have returned to the mountains of israel and they are returning to god's word the words of ezekiel are continuing to be fulfilled before our eyes i asked jeremy what he thought about this
1: yeah said to, to me 200 years when my grandfather it's he was how, how old are you Micah? 16 16. so imagine a half a year ago leaving your family and walking for a year and a half across Russia to somehow make it to Israel with the hopes of establishing, I mean, it's, it's such a like a, a reality. Like, my son's 16, also love you over there. I just, if I could just get him off his iPhone, I'd be like a big success. He's gonna walk for a year and a half for a Zionist mission, that's insane. But um, for them to have faith in Mashiach was how did they do it 200 years ago? Today, If you don't think Mashiach is coming, you're blind. You're like, it's like so, it's just like, we are like minutes away in my mind. I mean, we're just so close already. What else needs to happen? I mean, imagine where we were. 100 years ago, when my grandfather came here, there were 60,000 Jews in Israel. That's it, 60,000. Today, there's well over 6 million. There's never been a country in the world that's had a population explosion like Israel has seen in the last 100 years. More infrastructure and roads have been built in Israel than any other country in the world. The Hebrew language was revived like the book of Zephaniah says it would be. And I asked my dad, hey, this is my wife Tehila. Teila, hey, meet, meet the Bellingham's. Um, I asked my dad, I was like, Abba, how did that happen? How did the Hebrew language that was lost, gone and how did it, happen happened in my dad's generation. I was like, Abba, how did that happen? And he's like, well, your grandfather, had to speak to me in a language he didn't know, in a language that didn't really exist, and trust that everyone in the land from all these different countries would do the same irrational thing. Speak to their children in a language they don't know and in a language that doesn't really exist, and everyone did the same irrational thing. And in one generation, the Hebrew language was revived. And so... From Holocaust survivors and Jewish refugees from Arab countries, we built the strongest military in the Middle East. We have the strongest economy almost in the world now. The shekel is one of the strongest currencies in the world. From what? Just, I mean, my, her grandfather uh, passed away maybe 100 days ago, 92 years old. That man lived to see the Holocaust, the rebirth of the state of israel the independence day war the Six day war children grandchildren and great-grandchildren in the mountains of judea that happened in one life and it says Yeshua the salvation of god will be like the blink of an eye and i was like the blink of an eye this has been really long
0: <laughs>
1: but then i realized my grandfather's gone now like a blink of an eye that happened in one generation and now it's gone But that really happened in one lifetime. From the ashes of Auschwitz to great-grandchildren in the mountains of Judea. So it's like unbelievable. We're just living in the most miraculous times. Every country in the world, the more prosperous they become, the more they forget about God. The more secular they become. It's every country in the world. And that's the way Israel was also we became fat and we became rich and we got exiled by Nebuchadnezzar and we got exiled in the northern tribes and read the books of Amos and Hosea. It's coming. You guys are getting fat and spoiled and you're forgetting about God in your idolatrous ways and your immoral ways. Good luck. But now, Israel started off very secular. Very secular. Ezekiel says that when we return to the land of Israel in the 36th chapter, we'll have hearts of stone and God is going to have to replace the heart of stone for a heart of flesh and make it so that we walk in his commandments and fulfill them. Some people think, how could Israel be the beginning of the redemption process? It was founded by secular people. Ezekiel says specifically, the beginning of the return is going to be with a heart of stone. And now, unlike every other country in the world, it's an anomaly. Our economy is like going through the roof. The unemployment rates in Israel are all time low. But we're becoming more and more faithful, more and more religious.
0: Wow. I can tell you it was really amazing to hear Jeremy talk about this. Let's turn to Ezekiel 36, a chapter which begins with a prophecy to the mountains of Israel. This is the section that Jeremy referred to. In verses 24 to 29 we read, For I will take you from among the heathen, and gather you out of all countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness, and from all your idols, will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments, and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. And I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. This is the process that is underway today in Judea and Samaria. And we were blessed to be able to experience some of it. So that was an amazing time with Jeremy talking about these things. We may not agree on everything, but we certainly do agree that the return and preparation of the Jewish people, including on the mountains of Israel, is a prophetic fulfillment and a sign that we ought to be preparing for the coming of Messiah. Once again, we are reminded that God's hand is at work and will soon bring his redemptive work through his Son to its climax. And this ought to provoke us to examine ourselves, as Paul says to the Thessalonians, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Chapter 5 and verse 4. If you're enjoying our podcasts, please remember to share. And if you're not already getting it, please consider supporting this work with a subscription to the Bible magazine. This has been Daniel Billington with you this week, reporting the Bible in the news. Come back next week to check in on what's been happening as we continue to watch Bible prophecy fulfilling in Israel and around the world.